0: I was Just thinking there's like if I was doing a track session, there was a guy waiting for me at the end of each rep with a microphone. <laughs> I would probably turn to f- faster than the fourth rep. Just to slow down a little bit so I can uh, actually <laughs> speak. Well, this is like an extra aerobic benefit, like you <laughs> yeah. know, you kind of interview tip, technique in between the reps. How's it feeling so far? All right, yeah, right. We're benefiting from the uh, tailwind. Okay, so that's uh, Ready? two, one, go.
1: I don't even think I've been to a party that was as fun as Night of the 10Ks is.
0: It can never be replicated. People try to copy it, but Highgate is Highgate and you can only have one a year.
1: We're going to put it all on a platter and we're going to celebrate it. And that's my, that's what it deserves, I think, is our amazing sport needs to be celebrated better.
0: I got there and I thought we were at a festival or something. like.
1: It's basically something for everyone.
0: Honestly, if I get PB, I would be really happy about it.
2: Flames firing all over the place, there's a DJ screaming away, there's...
1: Athletes might get spectator beer spilt on them, spectators might get athlete sweat.
0: That is a night I, I will never forget, like, that will live with me for the rest of my life. Thanks for joining me for The Big Run. Welcome to this special series of preview podcasts to celebrate the return of the Night of the 10,000m PBs. From Monday to Friday of this week and next, there will be a brand new episode talking to key figures of the event's past and future as we look forward to the return of the Glastonbury of Athletics on May 14th. The Big Run is proud to be partnering with Night of the 10Ks and we are grateful to the support of Like the Wind magazine. Like the Wind is an independent journal telling stories about why we run. They'll be producing a special programme for all attendees of the event at Parliament Hill on May 14th. You can find out more about the magazine and all of the relevant links in today's show notes. On today's episode, I spent some time with some members of Highgate Harriers, the hosts of this athletic spectacular since its inception in 2013. I wanted to find out more about the event the volunteers that make it happen and the athletes putting in the training to perform on the night
2: but it's like every lap should
0: be 90 seconds i hear you just seen 12 yeah just just a casual 12 just a casual 12 okay i'm also going to, just going to do a few strides myself now This is Alex Lepetra, a Highgate Harrier at the sharp competition. I joined him for some 300s prior to a race a few days later. Oh How's that? Yeah, it's alright. Uh, I'm, so, I'm so excited to get the full range of how you're going to be over the course of these reps. How are the legs feeling? So far, so good. One rep in should be alright. Okay. That's rep number one, ladies and gents. <laughs> Looking out from the track, in the distance, you can see the hill that makes the legendary start of the National Cross Country Championships. When that event returned to Parliament Hill in Feb, I caught up with some other members of Highgate Harriers. You're team managers today as well, right?
1: Wow, they don't need team managing. They're, they're all good. All the... We've got Mark's dad, Terry, who is long-standing Highgate man. How long has he been a member oh, of the club? Dad,
0: how long have you been a member? 1957, I think. 1957.
1: Yeah. Here wow. he is, back in the chair with the numbers, yeah. dishing them out like lollipops. Roll up, roll up, get your numbers from Terry.
0: This is Ben Pochey, team manager, coach and the Highgate Harrier who created the night of the 10,000 metre PBs. He's been evolving and growing the event since it started in 2013. Yeah. Do you get a little bit of a tingle looking over at the track there, thinking what's oh. going to be there in uh, in a couple of months' time? A tingle of excitement? I do. At it.
1: Yeah. It's just how different it is, isn't it? I just love the fact this is all oh. this is all mud, cross-country, grass, and and the track's just sitting there kind of just like a... Dormant. Just dormant, watching, quiet, and then hopefully, a few months later, it will erupt and it will be the emporium of... Well. We've got a very important date in between then, uh, um, April the 9th. Oh, yeah, April the <laughs> 9th. National 12 stage
0: road relays. Yeah. So, what can people look forward to in May then, after you've got but that particular oh, date on the, the diary on crossed off in April? You recall, didn't realise you were, ah, uh,
1: May. May is going to be a celebration of everything that we can see in this disparate nature here at the National, this community of volunteers interwoven networks, friendships, memories, all held together just by people's goodwill, we're going to put it all on a platter and we're going to celebrate it and that's my, that's what it deserves I think is our amazing sport needs to be celebrated better and give an opportunity for everyone to come together, have a social hopefully most of these team managers and officials can relax, can have a beer meet old friends they haven't seen since university. You've got Terry here, he's been a member of the club since 1956, think of all those memories and people he knows from the sport. So trying to bring all that together and have a really, a massive knees up. Where in the middle of it, we promote British distance running and we try and get men and women to run the fastest times they can and get qualifying time for the, you know, the world championships.
0: Because there's numerous qualifying opportunities at the event,
1: right? Yeah, absolutely. It's like a a cake of, multi-layered cake of qualifying joy. You've got world champs at the top, then you've got European Cup and then performances will be taken for selection purposes for the commonwealth games and the european championship so there's there's almost four different levels if you like where people will be chasing some form of selection
0: yeah and for the athletes it's quite a unique experience just interviewing some of them on the lead-up to this they described it as the party that they definitely don't want to miss but a party that you're also incredibly nervous at because of the opportunities there for qualifying times
1: yeah, I mean that was always part of the aim was to create an event where atmosphere is a key driver of performance. And I think, yeah, it does flip both ways. I think for some people, that amazing atmosphere, having, you know, 8000 people in lane three on the beer, screaming and cheering at you can be amazingly motivational. But yeah, for some people, it can be a bit nerve wracking, I think, to start with, because, yeah, you how you should be in my eyes. You are the focal point. You are the athlete are there to be cheered on. But yeah. You're not going to go unnoticed so yeah it, it will definitely get the heart going uh, before and during the race so yeah it's a
0: for the unin, unin, uninitiated then can you explain the uh, the lane three beer cheer I've, we've had talk of this for people who perhaps aren't familiar with it what can they expect with that
1: Just very drunk very loud people inches away from them screaming them on to personal glories that they may never relive ever again so it's, it's, it's a rare moment in time no essentially we allow spectators onto the track, standing in lane four, the edge of lane three, and uh, the goal was always to get more spectators down. So that's what we've been doing, is driving the entertainment side of it to get more people to come. It's completely for free, and to experience it. And so, as an athlete, the whole track is surrounded, the entire track is surrounded by sometimes three or four people deep, cheering, screaming on friends, watching. We've got wave-like technology back, so there's going to be that real visceral connection with what pace they're on, and the crowd can connect with that. So they can see who's on for World Championship qualifying time, who's on for qualifying time for Commonwealth Games, all these sorts of things the crowd can really engage with and see. So what it means is you've got a very loud crowd. Yes, they've been on the RAS, but also they're really knowledgeable. And with wave-like pacing, they are really in tune with exactly what pace these athletes are running at. So you get this really connected bit of atmosphere where the athletes are cheered on, by the crowd who know exactly what's what's going on. Yeah, it's, a, it's fantastic, I love it.
0: And that accessibility is key for switching people onto the sport who perhaps might not have considered it before. Right?
1: Uh, yeah, absolutely. I'd love it is people could come, families would come, where maybe one family member is interested in the athletic side. They bring friends, children, who've maybe never been to an athletics meet and they see what the sport is and what it can be and the excitement and the buzz and the passion. And I think, Hopefully that will then draw people in to find a club they want to join and try it for the first time. Because, yeah, I'm extremely proud of our sport. I love it, I owe it so much. It's so many great friends, so many great memories, and I'd love for other people to be able to tap into that amazing resource that athletics at grassroots level provides. It's, it's free, there's hardly any barriers to entry, and uh, it can be so exciting. So yeah, that's really what I want it to be, as a platform maybe, hopefully, to get more people tuned into what our sport's all about.
0: You keep saying it as well. It's a free, not-for-profit event, which relies on this sort of extraordinary army of, of volunteers that that make it happen as well.
1: Yeah, it's, it's kind of a badge of honour, really, because I think it represents what our sport is. We're not trying to get, we're not putting something great on and trying to get a pound of flesh financially from anyone. It's it's done in the spirit of this event here. We're here at the National Cross Country Championships. Loads of marshals out on the course, friends of mine, been here since early hours of the morning, putting their time in. That is what our sport represents. So. That's what I wanted to do Night of the 10,000 as. Exactly the same. I'm, I'm just a volunteer. I put my time in for nothing. On the day, we get loads of people coming in to make the event happen. And that is what our sport is, really. And, uh, yeah, I, I'm, yeah, I'm very proud that we've achieved what we have with the event, keeping that exact same ethos.
0: I love that. And, you know, you know I'm a fan of one-word descriptions. Uh, I was talking to Verity about this because she was talking about how Night of the 10Ks is like, a, it's like this part. It's like an event. Like, so if there was a flyer, that you were handing out for the kind of club night that is the night of the 10Ks, what would be the three words that you put on the flyer to describe it to people who are gonna be going along on May 14th? Love life, love 25 laps.
1: Could use that. This is the elevator pitch, isn't it? Um, Yeah. The Glastonbury of uh, 10K running. Think of it, it's a circus, it's a party, it's a social reunion. It's the very, very tippy, tippy tip of athletic performance in this country, all together, under one roof. Come along. Join the party, make the party. So Alex Lepetra is probably going to be our lead runner from the men today, running. And
0: he'll be running here, and he's running at night the 10,000. So what's the focus of this session then for the guys? Well, sustained endurance and pace judgment, I'd say. Okay, three reps in. Course way in, yeah. Sounds for a little bit. 300s aren't my favourite. Bit, bit quick for me. Okay. I feel the longer reps. I was talking to Dave and he said one of the key components of this is pace judgement. Yeah. Like, how do you how do you teach yourself like pace and how to judge it? Is it just something you learn... It's mainly over- like doing reps on a track where you just kind of feel the pace and you can judge it because you get feedback every 400 metres. Hmm. talk me through a 300 meter rep then like wh- at which point of it does it like really start to suck so usually about at least 100 meters in, <laughs> but we've got these winds on the home straight, which is there, and are you taking it in range turns range. leading reps and stuff? we are we are that always helps, yeah uh, you up next uh, yes I least so I am. <laughs> report Alex how are you doing? Last one, last one best We're one almost there. Okay. Now when I was chatting to Rob Wilson for a little primer on you before before this interview, he's saying you're a bit of a, a bit of a serial dater. Is that is that a fair estimation? <laughs> I wanted to ask like oh, what comes first? Club, really... or, club or the or the or the dates. Here he only says that He's a married man <laughs> and therefore any sort of dating is serial dating. <laughs> <laughs> Alright last rep, best rep. As Alex closes out the session, let's throw back to February again with club mate and man in question, Rob Wilson. Rob is head of marketing for Saw, a long-standing Highgate man, and the guy heading up the army of volunteers on the day come May 14th. Ben told me you're the kind of head of the volunteer army. How does that work? <laughs> or is that a fair representation? Well,
2: he always says that. And we've got, we'll go, well, I'm, I'm the head of the, well, Seemingly, I am um, charged with uh, rabble rousing. The sort of um, the hundred-ish, uh, the hundred-ish people that basically form the sort of structured human shield around lane three for the lane three beer and cheer. So, moving in the barriers, moving out the barriers, just general marshalling, just general sort of stewarding, keeping things running smoothly. And it's like the beauty is, it's it's basically mostly Highgate runners, friends of Highgate runners, members, people in the local community, people from other clubs that just come down and help out. And it's like, you're basically there supporting and drinking a beer, but just with a high-vis vest on. Um, Apart from that, you're a regular punter. So yeah, that is sort of what I do. So Ben and I have a chat. you know sort of around now and he says right we need to get loads of people i say yeah we need to get loads of people and then we between us um he does a lot of the leading naturally we think well what what, what's every possible role we might need on the day um and we're really fortunate that we've got such a good core of um senior men and lads at the club um and senior ladies that we sort of all gang together and a lot of this sort of inner sanctum of the club and the core the guys that race week in week out um they all get allocated sort of um sort of uh chief super lieutenant type um good roles good volunteering roles so stuff like man in the bridge that goes from the infield um, VIPs um, uh, anywhere with quick access to the bar that kind of thing um, good viewing points um, and then yeah we'll just get everyone along um, we've in pre- recent years we've because the events sort of been uh, been grown and grown and grown and, and been been so successful we have had to expand out to other clubs really and um, Know, a lot of the London clubs, clubs in the south, will just say, "Can you can you come along? Can you chuck a chuck a high vis vest on? Can you just have a bit of a presence? You know, protecting the the, the the sanctity of Lane Three beer and cheer."
0: So for the uninitiated, what is Lane Three, lane beer, and three beer and cheer? Lane Three beer
2: and cheer is is it is literally the race starts the first two laps. Um, so this is another important part of the volunteers, or the first two laps, you have to give the athletes the majority of the track. Once they've completed two two full laps. Then the, the volunteer army kind of moving in like the the, the, the crowd concert concertinas inwards mm-hmm. um and closes in and comes right up to the cusp of lane three. Obviously the race is strung out at that point, so the athletes are predominantly running in lane one. So you're in lane three and you've got a beer in your hand and it's the closest I've ever seen to, to like the outdoors Tour de France style, cycling right in the athletes' faces. Um just hollering and cheering and shouting and screaming and getting after everyone um, and just a human, a human shield um, and a human sort of oomph for some, yeah, to run PBs. Um, I was
0: talking to uh, one of the on-athletes Verity Yorkerton, who's going to be running it, and she was saying there's definitely an exchange of of fluids. The athletes sweat onto the punters, and a bit of beer onto the athletes. Yeah,
2: yeah, 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 yeah. There's 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 definitely there's definitely a fair bit of that, and I think you know you've seen some showboating um, guys if their if their race hasn't gone the way they're looking for it, maybe they. they grab a can of London Pride or something on the way around and have a few sips and um, there's a good bit of um, yeah a good bit of uh, racer uh, crowd
0: interaction. And how have you seen it grown? because obviously you were there in the first yeah, instance. Yeah yeah it's funny it so, so
2: I actually raced the very first one and it was a Thursday night um, after work and it was you know, to be fair it wasn't that indistinguishable from um, any regular midweek open meeting but there was just some little seeds i think we had a like a ghetto blaster over the back a few more people with beers and then from that first year then it got moved to a saturday night i think um so it was the first year 2013 i i i, I lose track myself um but it, it was a thursday night you know a bit bit blowy bit breezy and we kind of we had the we had the the seeds of lane three beer and cheer but it was just on the home straight mm. and then as it grew year on year it kind of Ben got sponsors on board, the word got out. People started realizing they could run a 10,000 meters really, really quickly. They didn't have to go on the road. Um, And it just just grew and grew and grew. Um, And it also just became like, a, you know, this is our subculture, this is our world, right? There's so much camaraderie between clubs and it's kind of like a a one point in the year that you can kind of, often we're racing and we're we're competitors, but you know, come along, have a beer, chat, chew the fat. You know, it's often been a nice summer's day. it's pretty easy to get to, lends itself well, the backdrop, the space, the way you can access it. Um, and yeah, it's just, I think, maybe the, by the third or fourth year it was really gaining momentum. Um, and then when we started getting things like the, 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 Euro, uh, the Euro Cup, the World Trials, started getting some serious sponsorship and backing, um, started getting more by way of sort of bars and food. And then it started. It stopped being just a thing for you know hardcore geeks like you know all of us lot, and started being a thing that like you bring you bring your friends to. It wasn't your dirty little secret. It's not like this where you're, yeah, this is a bit. It's a bit eccentric. Um, it's a bit. It's a bit niche. Um, it's like no, no, come down. This is the absolute best of the sport. This is what it can be. Um, and I think testament to, to the success is all the copycat events that you're seeing. And I mean that in the nicest possible way. And 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 Ben. Ben, I think you know, would say exactly the same thing. That's the whole point of it. You know, you can do this. You can make this happen. The sport doesn't need to be, um, doesn't need to be um, kind of slow and laborious and formal. There's there's nothing stopping you. Just just build it, man. Just get on with it. And and you know, the the job, Ben has done. And it's easy for us to sit here and just talk about all the, all the all the all the kind of high points on the on the night itself. But you know, so much behind the scenes, so much planning, so much logistics, so many permissions, so much work with the City of London right the way through to then all the all the support all the kind of unsung heroes people that are members of the club or friends of the club that you know just bring their own little bit of expertise or a little bit of logistical help on the day um that makes it all happen but yeah build it and they'll come
0: and that thing you talk about as well about people who perhaps haven't been switched on to the sport there's something about like using the wave like technology and stuff like that yeah. makes people want to tune in
2: 100 It just it's just more stimulation right because the thing with the sport run, unless you know what's going on, it's just guys running around the track, right? Unless you know who they are or you've got you know, a good understanding of lap splits or times they're going for, you know, it, 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 it could be boring. There's no, no two ways about it, right? But if you add that dynamic and if you give, you know, it's, it's bread and circuses, right? Give them a beer, give them some lights and, 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 and it makes them happy and then it's better for the athletes and it... Um, and now so many people you know good standard club runners right the way through the internationals who say nine to 10 Ks is like the goal of my season that's really what I'm going to build up for which is yeah what a fantastic you know, what a fantastic thing to be able to be able to run in like and incredible
0: opportunities for the sharp end of the running as well there's like four different things right. that they could potentially qualify for
2: yeah 100% I get I mean I, I must admit I lose track of like what they can do each year we've had so many world trials Euro trials Olympic trials Euro cup like it's like it's so just stacked and then you've got the, the I think the best thing is like the event is an event in itself now. It's so, so prestigious just mm-hmm. to say I've won that at a 10Ks. Um, and I think you know, you'll you, you now, I think when it, a few years ago when it first kind of broke, let's run. Um, and like the guy, you know, <laughs> it's sort of. Have you guys seen this mad track event they've got over in London, UK? Um, and then outside, online, and the Guardian, and then other people are saying, "Hang on, that looks good." Um, that's when you know, like, yeah, yeah, we've we've built something here. We really have.
0: And is there one memory, like looking back over all the events you've been sort of privy to, that you feel like sums sums up Night of the Ten Ks? That kind of like, yeah, you
2: know, you know there's not a. Uh, I don't think it's. <laughs> I'm going to be a bit selfish here. I'm going to be completely, um, completely indulgent. It's a memory that's very specific um, to me. Uh, but I think was it? I think it would have been 2014. Um, we had Ronnie O'Sullivan along, obviously a friend of friend of the event and, and big runner himself. Um, and Ronnie's role was to, to hand out a gold snooker cue for the best break in the race. Um, and these snooker cues were were diligently sprayed gold by my wife, Ash. On the balcony of our flat in Finsbury Park, the day before, these little miniature kind of child-sized snooker cues from Argos or something on Holloway Road, sprayed gold. So there's Ronnie giving out these sprayed gold snooker cues, best best breaks, which is probably not in the grand scheme of history of it's probably not what many people say the highlight. But I think it's um, for me. I saw I saw a photo of it the other day, and it's it's very charming. I think it was Dave Bedford, former world 10,000 meter record holder, Ronnie O'Sullivan, greatest player that's ever held a queue, hanging out, handing out a, a, a gold sprayed. Um, sneaker cue to, i think it was kojo in the photo
0: and of course alex was at the national as well do you find as well like for, for friends of yours who perhaps aren't as connected to the sport like an event like night of the 10ks is brilliant i feel in like bringing people in who perhaps might not have encountered it before just because of the way it's put together oh, absolutely like when i talk to my friends and uh, about watching athletics or the marathon on tv They just find it quite boring because it's just the same thing Just running, uh, it's not particularly engaging in that sense. But then when you come to an event like Night of the 10Ks, it's just like a party atmosphere and they get really into it, you know. I think having a bar there definitely helps, you know, a few beers, a bit of music, yeah. It's definitely a lot more engaging than perhaps the traditional um, running event and why do you think that's that's important for like events to kind of break out the mold a bit and like make it a bit more kind of exciting in terms of the the sort of the future of athletics well, i think it it's almost a um, a format for how athletics can um, engage with the masses a bit more like uh, before i got in, involved in running for example i had no idea that an events such as for example the nationals existed i i, I hadn't really thought about re- Racing on the track before. And it's only once I start started being part of a club that this whole different world um, was like shown to me. And so night of 10ks, something like that, where it's advertised to the general public, they come down, uh, they enjoy it, and I think it, it just uh, allows them to experience what we as runners experience um, in events like the national cross and. How are you feeling like about May sort of from from kind of performance side of things like do you know where you're going to be sort of slotting in in terms of like entry sort of times? Well I've had some good pbs recently Um, I've I've managed to um, break 30 minutes for 10k Um, recently got 2921 at uh, at the tell for 10k and then a few weeks ago broke 40 minutes for the first time 5k 13.55 so Running's been going well from here. I'm just kind of hoping to continue to progress and maybe sub-29 might be on the cards, but we'll see how, um, how training goes. Well done, mate. What were the averages for those 300s then? Not really sure, to be honest. I think it's about 47-ish maybe. Okay. So I'll take that. What do you like sort of post session on a Tuesday night? Are you with the mindset of like, you want to come out with a little bit more, like a little yeah. bit more left. You don't want to, like Definitely. completely waste yourself. Definitely, yeah. I think it's uh, very rare that I'll do a session that goes to the Because mm. um, I think that impacts the rest of your week's training. So I want to maintain consistency in my training. And the best way of doing that is not by killing yourself every session. Nice man, and like the moments of pain there like a little like little you're sort of like peeking in on pain, you're sort of having a little look, like are you constantly are you banking that, are you building up a reserve of that sort of familiarity with it for like when it comes to stuff like the night the ten k's I mean to an extent, yeah, but to an extent also you're working hard now, so', it doesn't, so it doesn't, it's not quite as hard on the day, mm. um although then again you you want to be working hard on the day, don't you Either you're not working hard then. You could be going faster. <laughs> I think it's just a matter of the first few k, we're well, still feeling fresh. Just kind of don't think about it, essentially, and then only by the time you're working, do you start to like realize just how many laps you got left, and then it's kind of like just getting through it, just maintaining pace. Um, and I think uh, we've got wave light here, so hopefully the whole group will be working to the wave light, so we know exactly. What times we need to go for and is there a time in your head for for may 14th uh i'd like to go on the 29. i did 29:20 20 back in december on the road and i think i'm in better shape now so hopefully running on the track night 10ks the atmosphere being in better shape generally hopefully i can get that 20 seconds and are you going to be working like with jacob and some of the other guys well, you're going to be yeah. working as a unit yeah yeah i mean with Jacob, I've been training with him since like for about a year or so. I don't know, um, since he joined Highgate. So we've got like a good training relationship. So hopefully we can bring that into the race as well. And like north of 20 laps, like the last five, does the the tactical brain switch on a little bit if you're racing? If you find yourself in a bit of a in a bit of a <laughs> sort of scenario where there's a bit of duck and weaving, maybe. I think it depends what the time says. Okay. Uh, if we're both going for like, still on for. Time, I think we're just gonna carry on working together. If maybe the the time isn't quite on, then it might turn into a bit more tactical race. (laughs) I love that, I love that. are you gonna cool down? Are you cooling down here or will you Um, jog back? I'll, I'll jog back, so I'll wait for these guys to finish. Okay. And then I'll, yeah, head back up to Highgate. Head back up to Highgate. Will you head to Highgate on May 14th? A big thank you to the club and its members for their time and to Alex for being game enough to be interviewed in the middle of a session. On tomorrow's episode. In the M40 age group, you know, I like to think maybe I've shown people that it's possible to still be running well with a family, with a full-time job. I'll see you then for The Big Run.